This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I'm joined by Mike Jenner, who is somewhere off the coast of Massachusetts. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing good, Steve, and I think the uh, running fans of this podcast are going to be doing good today, too, because since our last episode, which feels like it was about a couple months ago, the Super Bowl has happened, so we aren't going to talk football on this podcast. <laughs> well... Yeah, we we've it's been a little while since our last episode, and I apologize for that. I apologize for the delay. And football season's over, baseball season hasn't started, and there has been so much that has happened in the world of track and field and cross country and running since the last podcast. It's one of those things where it happens to us every year, Mike, where there's such a gap between marathon season and like when indoor really starts to heat up and there's nothing, there's just a void of everything running and there's like no running news. And then out of nowhere, you know, in February, all of a sudden you get hit with all these awesome events and it's hard to keep track of everything. It's hard to keep up with anything. They should really, I don't know, do a better job of finding a way to space up. But anyways, beggars can't be choosers. We had a lot of action, a lot of, uh, great races, a lot of stuff to dive into in the, the running news, stuff that I wish we were able to get on and kind of break down uh, as it was happening. But listen, you know, we're going to have an action packed episode and I'm, 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 I'm okay with that. Yeah. And it's, it's not going to slow down anytime soon. Cause we had, you know, indoor heating up, we go into indoor NCAAs and then, then we start fading back into marathon season. Then we get into outdoor track season. So we're pretty much full, full blast from here on in. Yeah, no, it's a, it's going to be a a lot of running news to come and I'm, I'm loving it. So um, Mike, before we kind of dive into the episode here, I do have something I want to talk about. So I was at uh, a party for one of the stores I work with, one of the running stores I work with, they, you know, kind of have a yearly party. And this year, the Christmas party just kept getting pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. And we were finally able to get together to kind of uh, a a rep for one of the other brands there and we were talking and we were kind of in line for for food and we're talking about upcoming races and he directs a race and so we were kind of talking about that and then i was asking about if he was training for anything and uh he's like yeah you know i'm i'm running uh i'm running a marathon in the you know in i think it was towards the end of summer early fall and I was like, well, how's it going? And he's talking about how it hasn't been going that well. I think he's a little injured. He was feeling a little out of shape. And I was like, oh, you'll get there. And he just turns to me and he goes, he goes, I got about a year. See? See? <laughs> that's the well, mentality. He's, he's saying, he, he was saying it as a, as a fan of the podcast. And I just turned to him and I said, you got the freshest legs in New England. So, uh, <laughs> so shout out, shout out to, uh, uh, Brian. He's, he's, you know, he's been a loyal listener. So, I mean, that's a deep cut to just be like, yeah, you know, I got about I a year. That. So I, I, I love that. And you know what, Mike, like it's little things like that, 
you know, I, I, we're not, we're not the biggest podcast in the world. We're not the biggest, you know, maybe even we're not even the biggest, you know, running media outlet, you know, uh, around, but every once in a while, I just have somebody that comes up to me or says something to me. And it's just, it's an inside joke. It's, I didn't expect it. And I love it every single time. Like I've been running, I've run a couple races since the last time we've been on and I've run two and at both, I think I've had like two or three people come up to me at the race and just be like, and people I didn't know. And then just be like, Hey, fan of the podcast, love what you're doing. And it's just like the coolest feeling in the world. It's just like, you know, I, we don't, we don't necessarily want to have the, uh, the, the biggest audience in the world, but we have like a cool crew of people and, you know, we just kind of, I'm just able to connect with somebody over the most random thing at, at a road race. Um, so it's just, it's pretty, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a cool couple months of that of just, you know, people kind of coming out of the woodwork being like big fan of the podcast. It, it helps too, that you're running well because it sucks when you go out there and throw a dud down someone comes up and says something to you and you're like oh yeah uh you know just uh just out here jogging today yeah no big deal but you've been running fast so you can actually you can own it a little bit i'm running faster i'm running faster i'm getting there you know i'm uh i've been you know kind of been on my grind feeling good i you know big milestone i got under 17 minutes in the 5k that's the first time in six years that's happened so that's feeling good so just kind of on and you know it was without any speed work it's just kind of just just fitness just getting out there running feeling better i've been focusing a little bit on the gym and combining with that my combining that with my running so i'm feeling strong i'm feeling fit i'm gonna crush the marathon in october that's that's the ultimate goal oh yeah keep forgetting that you're running a marathon in october yeah and i signed up for a club mike oh i heard that yeah you 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 went back to your roots Going back to my roots. So I joined up with the Greater Lowell Roadrunners, a club here, because if I'm going to be jumping in the Grand Prix scene, I want to be on a team. And I I train with, I've had my problems with the club in the past. Um, and I, so I was with them 10 years ago and I ended up leaving over stuff that, you know, when you look back, it's kind of stupid, but I had my problems with the club. But, uh, you know, all the guys that I train with, all the guys that have kind of really helped me get back into shape, they're all, they all run for greater Lowell. And at a certain point, it didn't feel right that I was wearing a different singlet than them. And that's really what I really want out of a club, right? I want the feeling of being back on a team. And, you know, I could, right. I could have, I could have feelings about the, you know, the, the club as a whole and things that they should be doing and things that they shouldn't be doing. At the end of the day, like, I want to be on the same team as my guys. I want to be on the same team as the guys that I'm, I'm working hard with, I'm training with, and, you know, I want to be scorned for them. So that's ultimately why I decided to go back. Yeah. I think that makes perfect sense. First of all, you got Lowell across your chest. So that feels good. Exactly. And then, yeah, it's the guys that if you're working out with them, you're putting in the work with, you're going to be cheering for them anyways. You're going to be pushing each other on the course anyways. Yeah. You might as well be, you know, have a, concerted effort to to help each other out and and go win meets together i think it makes total total sense and i think it's cool i think it's 10 years later you're you know kind of reuniting with your old club was that your no that wasn't your first running club right you were you baa before Um, you with griddle yeah yeah i ran i ran for baa and then i and then i came home i i joined the hometown club with greater Lowell, and then i left them and i joined this uh this team run which is a 
a group of uh, Kenyans training out of Lowell. So it was a bunch right. of Kenyans and me, which was <laughs> awesome. It was one of the coolest experiences of my life. I'm, I'm happy I did that. Um, but yeah, no, I'm coming back to Greater Wall. And I told them when I signed up, I said, I'm coming and I'm bringing luggage and it's Louie. I gave him the, the Deion Sanders. Did you see Deion uh, Sanders say that? Yeah. To Colorado. Yeah. And, I did. And I'm bringing luggage and it's Louie. So jump in the transfer portal. So I talked my brother Chris into into joining with me, and uh, so he's he's joined the club. And then, but the other thing, Mike, you know, and this is this is some real inside baseball for for people that uh, that are only here that that are familiar with the New England running scene. Um, you know, there's a ton of talent between the high school and and college programs here in Lowell, like a tremendous amount of talent, like more talent than you know, probably any city in New England outside of like Boston, like they, there's just a ton of concentrated talent here. And I really do want to bridge the gap between the talent here and the club. And it'd be really cool to see a, some of that talent kind of gravitate towards the, uh, you know, the club in, in, in Lowell instead of some of these other clubs in Boston. So that's the ultimate goal. That That's more of a long-term goal though. I like it. So. Um, Before we, uh, before we start breaking down this news, Steve, and you know kind of transition here um i somebody was telling me about this event and i had heard about it in the past and i kind of you know before we we get out of winter and you know this is kind of running adjacent but i wanted to know if you've ever heard of this event it's called the last skier standing are you familiar with this with this event you're gonna love this i'm not so it's this event up in maine and I think it's like the uh, White Mountain or something like that. And so you all get on a start line together. So there's, you know, whatever, 100 skiers or something like that. You all get on a start line at the bottom of the mountain. And when you say go, you start climbing the mountain. They, You know, they have those ski skin things where you can kind of like climb uphill on the mountain. You climb to the top of the mountain and you So ski like ski down. skins, like the, the skins you put on. On the like bottom of your ski, yeah, so it's like, okay. exactly, yeah, so it's grippy, so you can, you know, basically cross-country ski uphill, and so you get to the top of the mountain, and you ski downhill, and this goes off every hour on the hour, so you have an hour to get up the mountain and back down, so if you do it in 40 minutes, then you got 20 minutes to rest, you know, eat a snack, drink some water, and then you get back on the start line, and you do it again and you just keep going. And if you, if you know, it takes you longer than an hour. So you miss the start, you're done. Or if you just give up, you know, and drop out, then you're done. And it just, the event, there's no time limit for the event. There's no nothing. It just goes until there is one skier left. And then, so when the last, the leg that the last person drops out, the, or the second to last person drops out, then the last person has to do one more lap to complete it, to get the win. So, I mean, it is an incredible badass. You know, like I said, it's not running, but it is running adjacent, and it's it kind of fits into a lot of the themes that we talked about. So how how many hours do you think that the uh, the champion the champion went? Actually, I don't even want to do that. I don't want to do because I don't want you to be like he went ten days and and have it not sound cool. I'll just tell you how many he went. Um, All right. So. The champion was. I want to make sure I shout out his name. Uh, Danny Romano, and he did 
63 laps up and down the mountain. So that's Whoa. 63 straight <laughs> hours. So it's almost three days. You know, you're not sleeping. I don't know, maybe he catches like a five, 10 minute nap here and there. He's not stopping. I don't I don't really understand how they do like bathroom breaks or something like that. I mean, you must just have to like time that out perfectly. But yes, yeah, 63 hours straight of climbing a mountain, skiing it down, climbing a mountain, skiing it down. I mean, that is that's insane. That's that's insane. crazy. Yes, that is. I was going to guess like 24. That's incredible. Yeah. But so they, they have running events like this. So they have they have they have events where they have like four mile loops and they'd some simplest, but that, but like going up the mountain skiing down is probably well it depends how hard it is how high it is, but they have running events like this. Yeah, I'm but sure I think they I think they have like forty eight hour caps on them. I know there's one down in Georgia that I tried. I was thinking about the um the year we did the fasters. I was thinking that as as an option. Of like maybe traveling down there and doing it, um, but yeah. So it's it totaled one hundred and eighty nine miles, seventy two hundred vertical feet. Wow! Yeah. So who's so anyways, the guy that won? It was Danny Romano. He's actually from Massachusetts. He's from uh, where was he from? I can't find it, but it was like Westfield, Massachusetts or something like that. We should try and get him on. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think this was this got brought to my attention because uh, a girl I used to roam with in college and our brother Chris used to roam with college, Nicole Borowski, did the event. I think she did like 10 hours or something like that, which is badass. When you told me she did 10 hours, like, holy shit. And then I found out that the winner did like 63 hours. That's wild stuff. Crazy, man. Just that, thought it was a cool event. And when I does w- it go off? It goes off. It's it's every February. Every February, yeah. Yeah, I wish Trent was was here for this one because he's our our resident backcountry uh skier slash snowboarder. Yeah. So he would yeah. he would have to be he'd be all about that. Oh yeah, I'm sure he know. I I would be shocked he doesn't know about that already. Yeah. Mike, I have I have some um some kind of big news for the podcast. Okay. Um, I am a big Cooper Tier fan now. Okay. So I saw a picture online. Uh, loyal two crew listener of the podcast, uh, Juan Martes posted a picture from before the Milrose games, and so um, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna guess. Because I've been to all the running stores on the uh, the East Coast, I'm pretty sure this is the uh, this is Jackrabbit in um, uh, oh, oh Time Warner Center or something like that. I don't know. So I'm pretty sure it's a Jackrabbit, and and Cooper Tier must have been doing some sort of meet and greet. And I want to show you this picture. Okay. Can you see the shirt that he's wearing? Oh, it's hard to. It's hard to make it out on the phone. Yeah, let me uh I'll, I'll text it to you. It's hard to make it out. Because I need I need your I need your reaction. I can't <laughs> I mean it must be it must be good if this is if you're if you're, I, if I'm you're a, a convert fan. now. I mean I'm, I'm a fan. I'm I mean, like I'm not I t- gonna I take back literally everything I've ever said somewhat on the fence or negative about the guy. I I'm not gonna 
do it, but I wish somebody would splice up like a minute long video of you just shitting on him <laughs> and then oh so baby. Right? Oh my goodness. What why so Cooper, why would he be wearing that shirt? He's wearing a Yankee suck shirt. Cooper Tier just in New York rocking an old school Yankee suck t-shirt. I mean, this is like Is it just an ultimate I mean, troll job? Is, is it just I think I think he's a Red Sox fan. I gotta know. I mean, that is one of the original Yankee suck shirts. That's one of the ones oh, that they were selling. Out, that's one of the ones that they were selling outside Fenway in the nineties, right? Like that's a that's a that's a legit, you know, pull there. So, anyways, I saw this, and I'm like, okay, I'm one hundred percent in. On that's it. all it takes. That's all. <laughs> I'm a Mike. My fandom is won over pretty easy in this sport, but that, but, but you're <laughs> acting, you're acting like this is something small. This is huge, right? Because what do we say all the time? We want our athletes to have a little bit of personality, something we can resonate in. Mike, I resonate with that picture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that, I can identify with, with, with Cooper tier. And so, yeah, I mean, that's all it takes. I'm a Cooper tier stand now. See my only, my only hesitation is he's from California, ran, at Oregon, I could totally see, you know, he's the type that I could see just being a complete troll. And he's like, I'm going to New York. I don't care about baseball. I don't care about the Red Sox, but I'm going to wear this Yankee suck shirt, which I don't think that necessarily makes it any less funny or cool. But I'm not convinced it's a uh, it's a targeted attack from a Red Sox fan. It could be. The point you bring up that it's an old school shirt definitely helps the case. Definitely helps the case. No, I think it hurts it because he could have just picked it up at a goodwill and thought it was funny. Yeah. See, now would that change things for you? Completely. If he's just being a troll. Yeah. If he's being a troll, I hate it. I wish. Because it's like like stolen valor as a Red Sox fan. Yeah. Steve, I listen, as somebody who has been unbiased about Cooper Tier, right? I, I I say the things I hate. I say the things I like. You know, I'm like, you know, what you would claim of me. I've been very unbiased this whole time. My gut reaction is that's him being a troll. He's just being a troll. But I do make, think this is I, this is a make or break moment for Yeah, I think we need to get down to the bottom of it for sure. I think we can get to, down to the bottom of it. Why would he be a Red Sox fan? What'd you say? Why would he be a Red Sox fan? I don't know. Let's. I don't know. Now you make me question everything, Mike. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to like, now I'm trying to from that perspective, research. I hate it. If you're not a Red Sox fan, I hate it. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to figure this out. So somebody hit us up. If you got a line to Cooper Tier. Somebody out there has to. Uh, let's get to the bottom of this. We need to figure this one out. So, okay. I mean, this would be huge news if you're a tier convert, though. Huge news. Huge. Yeah. No. I'm if 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 he's a Sox fan, or I'll even give him this. Even if he's just a Yankee hater, like if he's just right. like a baseball, if he has fan legitimate that reason hates to the Yankees, you don't need to be a Red Sox fan. But if he's wearing that unironically, like he hates the Yankees, then he okay. might be my new favorite honor. 
All right, Mike. So, you know, let's let's jump into a little bit of recap from the past couple weeks. Um, We're going so much has happened. I feel like we're bound to gloss over some stuff, which you know, I apologize. Like we're not. We're going to miss some stuff. We're going to gloss over some stuff. We're going to talk about the stuff that kind of jumped out to us just because this this would end up being an eight hour podcast if we if we broke down all of the meats. Um, so we're not going to do that, but I do have like a handful of things I want to talk about. We'll mention like the meats that, that have gone on since the, our last uh, podcast. We had the, uh, the BU invite. We had uh, the new balance grand indoor grand prix. We had Milrose. We had the indoor championships and we had uh cross country world championships. Um, so I want to start off kind of quickly here just uh, with the BU invite, uh, Woody Kincaid, American record in the 3K. Woody is just continues his like his hot streak that he's been on. Um, it was an incredible run. Um, any 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 comments on on uh, on Woody break taking down the the indoor 3K record? You mentioned this like in our. We're just quickly going over what we're going to talk about. And I just can't believe that we haven't. I I don't know. It it just feels like we already talked about this. Maybe it's just because Woody is on a hot streak. And sometimes when guys start ripping things off, like when Grant was went on that, just like, I mean, not that Grant slowed down, but when Grant went on that streak, we were just like ripping things off. It just felt like saying the same things over and over again. Just felt like deja vu. So maybe that's why I feel like we had already talked about this, but Woody's one of those like unassuming guys who I remember like the first time when he what was it he like broke 15 in the the 5k in that meet like a year or two ago and it was just like where the heck did Woody Kincaid come from and they just out of nowhere will like rip these like huge races I'm not 13. talking like did you say 15 oh, I'm sorry yeah 13 <laughs> 13 uh it, but it's not like when I say like he like rips these like kind of add nowhere races it's not like he has like oh wow that was a really good race it's like no no that's like a american record type like you know some of the best we've ever seen type races so uh yeah i mean he's he's legit and we saw that too like when the olympics came around and uh he was right there at like the top running with grant so i mean he has to be in the in the conversation of like one of those guys and I think something that jumped out to me seeing Woody race over these past couple weekends, um, not wearing a Bowerman singlet anymore. Right. It's weird. It is weird, right? Weird. I, I, I and I I'm hoping to have him on and kind of ask you know ask him what's going on there. Um, but there wasn't much out there about him leaving Bowerman. I think a lot of it. Well, the more I think about it, it probably probably has to do with him with Bowerman moving to Eugene because he's a Portland guy. He went to college in Portland, right? Yep. So he probably feels like he wants to stay in Portland. So he's, that's probably why he's done with Bowerman, but maybe not. Maybe there's more there. So uh, hopefully we can get him on soon and, and ask him. So, right. That was something that uh, Shelby talked about, right? Was it Shelby talked about people were there? Yeah. There's a, a good amount of people who are struggling with that move. And yeah, because I mean, you know, they, I think, well, well, I mean, I think we'll see, we'll see more 
from the Bowerman athletes, probably in outdoor. And we'll, I think we'll get a better idea of who's moving to Eugene and who's not. Um, once outdoor comes around, I mean, Josh Thompson, and we'll get into him later in the podcast podcast was wearing a Bowerman singlet this past weekend. So we know he's staying. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, I think there's, there's a lot more to, to learn about that. So, yeah. Um, from there, we'll kind of jump over quickly to, uh, the, the new balance indoor grand prix. And I just, I, I wanted to talk, uh, briefly about Noah Lyles beating Trayvon Bromel in the 600 meter, I'm sorry, the 60 meter dash, which is big because he's moving down. And, uh, I think he's, well, he is, I mean, we'll get into it in a minute here. I'm going to play a clip for you. I don't know if you've heard yet, but he's making a statement that he wants to compete across multiple sprint distances and going out there and running that time and proving that he has the ability to, it's pretty crazy. Um, so did, did you catch any of this, Mike, the, the new balance Grand Prix? I caught a little bit. I, I, I didn't hear this. Uh, I'm interested to hear this clip that you have. I, I don't All know right. Well, let me play it right now. Yeah, this, but... is, this is in the, the post-race interview. Oh, well, let me start it over. Last year, I moved up here to 655, and now I'm moving into 651. You know, I think we all saw the difference that made. That's 19.5, and it's 19.3. So now, what's that 19.3 to a world record? Wow. Double. <laughs> no, we're not just coming for the 200-meter world record. For all the world records, man, you still have time. <laughs> he's, coming, all the world. he's coming all for the world. all the world records. I believe him, and I believe him. And and I mean, the other the other thing I want to note is showing up to all these meets. Noah Lyles has, you know, the best drip of any uh, track athlete of all time. Every single one, he's showing up like a like an NBA player coming into the locker room before the game in like a perfectly tailored suit, you know, dressed to the nines, just completely, you know, showing up everybody else that isn't, isn't on his level. Noah Lyles is, he's the most important person in the sport. And I love, I, I think, that, I, I think that that's probably true. I, I, I especially, mean, especially if he is focusing on bumping down his event because yeah, the 200 matters and people, you know, people, he gives people a reason to get excited about the 200. But at the end of the day, if you want to be superstar and I'm talking, you know, like, like cross the boundary of just being a track superstar, being, you know, popular in, in our circle. If you want to cross the boundary of being, you know, a, a sports superstar, a name that people know, regardless of whether you're in the circle, you got to be a lead at the hundred meter. You just do. And and Mike, I think he knows that. Yep. I think he knows that. And I think that's a big reason for him wanting to move down. And seeing success like this at 60, I mean, it's only it's only going to get better at a hundred. Mm-hmm. And you know, watching him, he's not the best starter, right? There it's almost every single person out there in the final is a better starter than him, but his closing speed is unmatched. And it's like once he gets into full stride. He's able to, um, you know, pick up any gaps and and close harder than anybody else. And that's what, you know, I'm not comparing him to Usain Bolt, but like, you know, when you look at a guy like, you know, like the greatest of all time, his greatness came and when his stride opened up and his ability to close, it wasn't necessarily coming out of the blocks. 
Um, so I'm I'm excited. This is gonna yeah, be cool. This is gonna be a, this is gonna be a fun fun season to watch Noah Lyles. And and I don't even listen. I'm no sprint expert, but when I think about what you just said, what makes sense to me, and I apologize for wrong here, but like you know the raw speed, the like ability to close like that, that's not something you can teach, right? Like that is. That is, you know, obviously hard work to a certain extent, but also just like insane, unteachable talent. The ability to get out of the blocks and work on your start, to me, that seems like something you can work on, right? That you can yeah. that you can get better at. Now, listen, I know that there's... You can get too good at it. You can get too... That's you true. Know, you know, oh, God. Oh, God. Let's not get, let's see, not get see going Devin on that. Allen. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So, anyways, that's my take on that is... I think that that's something that, you know, can can be worked on, can get even better at. Could you imagine if, like, betting on track and field was widely adopted and that happened and you had all these people? I don't want to go back down. This yeah, road. I know. <laughs> that, I know, I know. You're going to send me spiraling. I'm still we, we got to, We got too much to talk about. <laughs> I'm, I'm, still, I'm still upset about it. So now I will say. I was a little upset at Noah because he pulled out of the final. He scratched from the final at the Indoor National Championships in Albuquerque this past weekend. And I was really proud of Noah for going because, and we'll get into it. We got we got a lot to talk about it in at the Indoor uh, National Championships. Do we have a lot to talk about, though? We do. We do. There's some yeah. key stories. But the thing is, it kind of felt like a little – and I don't want to be disrespectful because we have a lot of like friends of the program and people that had some great performances. It kind of felt a little bit like a JV meet in the sense that you didn't have all of the best athletes showing up, but yeah, the, you had a, you I, had Noah there. Noah was yeah. the, you know, and, and I was like, okay, well, Noah's here. Like that's, that means if he wants to be the premier guy in the sport showing up to an event like this, like, you're you're making a statement like we're supposed to see everyone, but he pulled out and he had a hip thing going and he and he got interviewed and he said, Listen, I wanted to race, I wanted to win this. He's like, but I prove I, I proved what I can do in this event at New Balance. And he's like, the most important thing is for me to be healthy for outdoor at this point. And he's like, I feel strain coming. He's like, I gotta take, I gotta take the finals off. So I have mixed emotions where it's like, you're at a national championship, Noah. Let's compete. But at the same time, I get where you're coming from. And, you know, it's hard to be mad at the person who actually came to this meet. You know what I mean? When there's a ton of people that didn't come, you know? Yeah. I mean, we've talked about it at nauseum, but like that's how indoor is viewed. And and I think the pros know that too. Like, I don't think anybody would take offense to you saying that it's a light showing or anything like that because we've heard time and time again in interviews and people we've talked to, it's like, it's about outdoors, you know, in indoor, it'll be the same thing in indoor worlds. Right. It's just like, it's, it is not, there's not a huge emphasis put on the indoor championships. That's just the case. It's unfortunate. It stinks. It's not the way I want to see it, but it's, it is, it's just the truth is no getting around that. I mean, in speaking of what should be indoor championships, be, let's not go into indoor yet. Let's talk about Milrose a little bit. Just kind of touch mm-hmm. on some of the big performances there. Wanamaker Mile is one of the coolest events in the sport. It's highlighted on the calendar for all the milers. 
in the country. We'll just kind of quickly start with uh, Lara Muir uh, with a you know badass kick to take the women's want to make her mile. Uh, the story of probably the uh, the meet was our boy Yared the goose is loose na goose taking home not only the want to make her mile cup but the American record in the mile indoor mile. Uh, Yared is just. The dude is just on on fire right now. Um, he's, he, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away. I'm stunned by the goose coming out and getting the American record in the mile. So not just the American record in the mile, Steve. But I don't know if you saw this, but his fifteen hundred split was the American fifteen hundred meter American record yeah. as well. I mean, I, this sounds weird to say of <laughs> a professional grown adult runner, but. I just I feel proud. I feel proud of your Ed. You know what I mean? Like we've had him on the podcast a couple times. Every time we've had him, he's just like the nicest dude in the world. He's like completely innocent. Like you just get the sense he has no idea how good he truly is. And you know, it's like he uh, almost didn't go pro because he's going to be a well. Dentist. I was just going to say. Remember, remember when we asked him about going pro when he was a junior in college. We, we had him on the podcast. We asked him about his thoughts about going pro. And he looked at us like he had never, it had never even crossed his mind. Yeah. And he's yes. like, oh, he's like, no, I'm going to become a dentist. <laughs> yeah. And now he's the American and now he's like, now he's, now he's one of the greatest. He's on pace to be one of the greatest runners in the history of the country. And he's like, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to be a dentist. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I, I don't know. I'm, I am proud and you know, we saw that um, that just like raw talent and ability to close in college, right? And it was just it was a unique, a unique skill set that he had. It was just like, oh wow, there's something special there. And I don't know if we like fully talked about it then, but now looking back, it's like all it would take is a little bit of like the right fine tuning of this kid to make him great right he obviously has this special kind of skill set and it's it's completely on display now right like he is a fine-tuned machine and a guy who can now like obviously there's no reason we can't be talking about him in the same conversation as josh kerr right like we've talked about how josh kerr is this guy who you know, we're a huge fan of, and it's, it's awesome because we get to see him like legitimately compete on this global stage and compete against the Inga Brinsons and, you know, and, and give them a, a legitimate race. Well, you're right. Is that guy too now? Right. Like, and this is wearing USA, wearing red, white, and blue, like it, it, very exciting stuff. Yeah. And yeah, no, Yared's Yared's him, baby. He's him. Um, so I, I want, so there was a couple people that I almost engaged with on Twitter and um, <laughs> Mike talked me down from it. And I do want to bring it up and I'm not going to, I'm not going to give these people any publicity whatsoever. I'm not going to say who was saying it. Um, but uh, you know, there was, there was a, a couple Twitter threads talking about how he's, his, breaking down his inefficiencies as a runner and how it has to be essentially unnatural, the boost he is getting. And I just want to give a giant 
crazy drug testing systems and all this, like, you know, it, the, the, how the drug testing system makes it hard to be a fan. Now we have to deal with the freaking people speculating now. Like, it's you've seen how this sports reacts to to those types of allegations and putting that on these people. Like they're these people aren't even allowed to come on podcasts once they, you know, once this gets once this uh, scarlet letter gets thrown on them. So, <laughs> you know, if you're if you're going down this road of making accusations with no evidence whatsoever, you're just a terrible person and um you deserve to have your Twitter account taken away. So, I'll just leave it. Yes. And and two things on that inefficiencies like are you serious like what was i just talking about like how like i never once said like oh like when he runs he like looks like you know the best form of no no he has a special skill set he is uniquely talented in a way that is you know different than anybody else you see since when is it like oh your form isn't perfect so you can't break american records get out of here i don't that's not a world that i would like to live in and we have gone to bat defending you know people of all accusations and i don't think this is a legit accusation right there's nobody who, with any merit who's saying these things or anybody if anybody thinks they have merit and they're saying these then they they have lost all credibility but there is nobody that i would like put my reputation on the line for more than the goose saying that there is just 0.00% chance that that dude is cheating in any way. Talk to the guy one time and try to tell me without a smile on your face that you think that this guy is cheating. Give me a break. <laughs> like, give me a break. He might be the nicest kid in the entire world. I agree. Yeah. Um, so, and, and we did touch on, uh, briefly jot. You did mention Josh Kerr. Um, so speaking of Josh Kerr, badass win in the three K just coming out and running, a, a a dominant race, uh, running a seven thirty three, proving that he can, he can bump up and he can have success there. Uh, this, you know, there isn't. You know, I'm I'm excited for Yared. Like, I'm excited for all that's in front of him. But like, I am so excited for the this upcoming outdoor season and the the upcoming limits uh, Olympics for a guy like Josh Kerr because I just I just think he's able to keep like bringing it to a new level. He's at he's yes. at an unbelievably high level, and he's just baby steps, baby steps to 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 get to a higher level. So. And for a guy that's already proven it to a certain degree at the highest level to see if he can bring it to a little bit higher, I'm 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 unbelievably jacked up for this guy. Yeah, there's a difference between like the there's guys we've watched over the last couple of years who have like huge moments and huge races and throw down incredible times and are we know what they're capable of. The difference with Josh is it's like Every time he steps on the track, he does something special, and you expect him to do something special, which is what it takes in the sport to compete at that global level. It's not like one time, right? Like running a you know a sub three fifty one time isn't isn't going to get the job done. We've seen guys go sub three fifty. Uh, example would be um, 
what's my guy johnny gregoric right like we know what he's capable of we know that he has supreme talent but the difference is josh kerr is not only going to but he's expected to throw down something incredible every time he, he runs a race and there's a few people i would loop into that category right now yeah yeah no i it was a uh, it was awesome to see him out there kicking some ass in the in the 3k so um let's move on to some do you want to do you want to go to indoor national championships or do you want to talk uh world cross country championships let's talk world cross country championships all right mix it let's get off the track for a little bit let's talk some cross country do you want to so do you want to kick us off mike yeah i mean i kind of want to just get you know we've been kind of skimming the meat and potatoes of of everything and talking about the headlines and I, and I think that that's kind of what's important to do or at least to start here with the uh the world cross country well first of all let me say this it's nice to have world cross country back uh, it's been a couple yeah. years since i think we we had been it. since 2019 2019 right Holy crap yeah that, is it I mean, no or do they have one yeah i think it's been since 2019 and the world cross world cross country doesn't get enough hype for how bad of a badass of a race it is like you have the legends of um cross country road racing out there on these tough muddy course courses duking it out um it's probably i think it's one of the more like impressive exciting races to watch on the calendar like in the entire year um so uh, yeah i mean this was and i this this one did not disappoint. The 2023 World Cross Country Championship absolutely did not disappoint, especially on the women's side. Yeah, I mean, I, I it's even like a hard race to just break down. So anybody who didn't see it, you have a battle coming down the finish line. Like the the camera angle is like what they the camera angle that they shift to at the very end of a race, and like you're watching it from like the sky view, and all of a sudden they shift to where you can kind of see like the the tape in the bottom uh third of your screen you're watching them barrel down the finish line and uh Latessa Bet Gaday there it is Latessa Bet Gaday who Latessa Bet Gaday who um like I would say kind of coming into this race I mean she's probably the favorite in any race she's running right now, whether it's on the track, whether it's on the roads, whether it's on cross country, she is, I mean, she's just kind of a world beater right now. Like I think it was like a a foregone conclusion that she was going to win this race. And sure enough, you know, it was a battle out there and she broke away and she was coming into the finish and she just collapsed. I'd say with 15, 20 meters to go. And so she cl- collapsed, and um, uh, who ended up winning? Chibet came yep. and ended up winning the race. And Gaudet probably would have been able to get up and cross the finish line with a top five finish, get a, a really solid uh, finish for her team and a respectable, you know, world finish. Um, but her coaches jumped out and helped her stand up and cross the finish line. And anybody who knows cross country knows you cannot do that. 
Yeah, that's you an can't touch game. if you want if you want that runner to score, you can't touch that runner until they come across the finish line. So they broke the golden rule of cross country. You can't touch the runner until they cross the finish line. Um, so I don't that's know what he... they were thinking. They they jumped two coaches, jumped out there, helped her stand up and get across the finish line. That's why you see those like videos that pop up every couple of years with somebody collapsing like this, which first of all, this is like the most classic cross country championship of all time. The fact that it comes down to a sprint, somebody collapsing, but you have those videos that emerge where somebody collapses, they try and get up, they get the wiggly legs or they're crawling themselves to the finish line. And you have like a medical people hovering, you have coaches hovering, but not touching them, just watching them, just watch them. And the second their fingernail crosses that line, it's just like they get mobbed and like dragged out of there. But you got people smart enough to know that it's like you hover, you wait. You know, obviously, if eyes roll back to the head and they go white, okay, we're gonna, we're we're right here, we're ready to save you. But no, no, no. that not what happened here. And uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. That she could have shaky legs, wobbled, even crawled to the finish line, still get a top five, top ten finish. Um, but just a just a wild ride and, you know, exactly what you'd expect from a world cross country championship. And honestly, I think it's worth saying anytime that somebody collapses that close to the finish line, it's a reminder that like even the, even the greats, even the best are out there giving it every ounce of everything that they have. And, you know, she, uh, she, she came up just like a uh, 20, 30 meters short this time. Yeah. And then on the men's side, um, so it was something weird. I was, so I, I didn't, I, I, I was, I was kind of in and out. I was trying to pop in and, and tune in and watch when I could on this. Um, but I, I read it afterwards that they ended up like moving the men's race up in significantly in time because you had this crazy like lightning storm rolling in. And when you go and watch the footage of the race now, you can kind of like see in the distance this storm rolling in as they're racing and it makes the footage look really, really cool. Um, so if you get a chance to kind of go back and look at it, it and, and, and watch it through that, you know, that filter of like, there's a, they're trying to beat the storm. It's, it's pretty awesome. Um, so there's a battle out there and, um, uh, Kip Limo, Kip Limo one, right? Yeah. So yep. Kip Limo one, um, incredible kick to take the win um he ran i think like a 245 he ran like a 245 last k to take the win over like a pretty tough last mile um that that's like you know 420 pace if if you're converting into miles um so really really impressive kip uh, uh, finish for kip limo he's 22 years old this guy isn't going anywhere He's going to be a dominant force on the track for the next couple of years. And then probably looking at the marathon after he's done with the track. He's Ethiopian, right? He's Ethiopian. Yeah. Yeah. So anything else there? Nothing else there. All right. Well, let's jump to the indoor national championship. And Oof. we're not going to spend a ton of time going Dude, through I this am, just because like I'm like, said, I'm exhausted. You, you right now. We are burning through. We are we are burning through results. This is the most track talk we've had in like a year. It feels like <laughs> we are, we are burning. Yes, through this. this is a ton of track talk. Um, 
we already talked about we already talked about Noah uh Anna Hall winning the pentathlon and women's 400 meters pretty incredible feat but at the same time it's like you know I mean probably shouldn't be happening at a national championship um so I give her credit for 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 taking the opportunity and getting that done when you know when she has the opportunity but at the same time it's like come on let's you know, let's get some 400 meter specialists out there to go and win, yeah. <laughs> win a national championship. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Nia Atkins with taking home a national championship in the 800 mm-hmm. meters. She's kind of been like an unsung hero for the past couple of years. She saw her opportunity. Um, uh, Edwards made a crucial mistake at the end of the 800. She swung out wide to kind of block lane to leaving lane one wide open Nia swooped in and took the W. So, um, a, a, a unexpected W for the, the Brooks beast, uh, Nia and, uh, and Danny Mack. So big, big win there for the, for the beast. Um, uh, Bryce Hopple takes the W. Um, and I, I will say, I think there was, uh, there was, the men's 800 was probably the deepest field. So I, it wasn't like a, um, a Mickey mouse championship for our guy, Bryce. I think he, he got a legitimate national champion. He did in classic, uh, Bryce Hopple fashion, you know, scooting to the win, uh, just at the, at the tape. Um, uh, Isaiah Harris has had a tough couple weeks. He finished second in the 800 meters at Milrose and he finished, I think he ended up finishing third at the national championship, but he, he took a big lead going into the last lap of the 800 meters. And he had a pretty dominant commanding lead and going into the last turn, he got some pretty intense booty lock and just couldn't move <laughs> his legs. And so, uh, and so Hopple was able to easily sneak by him for the win. Uh, Prakel, uh, uh, winning the uh, winning the three k, so getting a three k national championship. Uh, Prakel, friend of the longtime friend of the program, um, and uh, getting a fifteen hundred meter national championship as well. And something we need to it. talk. About. We something we need to talk about because uh, I don't think this is being talked about enough. It was a pretty controversial DQ that happened in the men's fifteen hundred meters. Um, so our boy, friend of the program, um, you know, one of the one of the two crew diehards, Henry Wynn, coming into the last turn, and we've talked about it a bunch of times, and we've even joked about it with with Henry Wynn. Is Henry's a big dude, and he takes up a lot of space on the track. His race tactics aren't always ideal because he's such a big dude, and his stride is so long and at times kind of awkward. And he's he's kind of a freight train on the track when he gets going. And um, Josh Thompson of Bowerman Track and Field comes around and definitely on the last turn, definitely impedes Henry Wynn's motion a little bit and takes away all of his momentum. Um, definitely takes his ability to win. Henry goes back to third. It goes Josh Thompson, um, Sam Prakel, Henry Wynn. Josh Thompson ends up getting DQ'd. Sam Prakel gets awarded the win. I have very mixed emotions. First off, I before we dive into the what actually happened here and our how we feel about it, I want to say they didn't say anything on the broadcast. I had to, we found out, I found out about it 
after the fact because I saw, I saw it on Twitter. I did some research. They didn't say anything about it on the broadcast. And I do want to say, if this happens, you need to tell, like, you need to tell everybody what's going on in that moment. It can't have to happen after the fact. You need to tell people in the moment that there's a dispute, there's a potential DQ. You need to tell us who won on the TV broadcast. You can't say Josh Thompson crossed the finish line, you know, post-race interview. Josh Thompson's a, the national championship. End of coverage. And then we find out after the fact DQ. So shame on the whole broadcast. Shame on the Yellow Jackets. Shame on everybody for letting it happen the way it did. Yeah, but back to the race. Yeah, it's a freaking national championship. Um, so back to the race. Henry wins our guy, right? We want to see Henry win win this race. And there is no doubt that what happened there took the took Henry Wynn's potential to win that race away from his his moment. He like we just said, he's a big guy, right? He he has he has a big stride. And there's no doubt that coming in like that completely took away his momentum and his ability to to finish strong. There's no doubt. But do we want a world where we can't have a little jostling on the track? Do we do we want a world where you don't have to fight for that finish with a little physicality? I don't know. Like I said, I have I have mixed emotions because yeah, I mean I, I don't I don't know how to feel. I mean, I, another friend of the program, Sam Prakel, ends up taking home the win. Um, yeah, I don't know. I know exactly how to feel. Sam Prakel was the the best runner in that race. He's the champion, the the double champion, three K fifteen hundred. Guy's a beast. He deserves to win it, and that's uh that's it. Period. I will see. I. I mean, how I, cool? I, I, listen, how cool would it be? Like, I listen. I'm happy for Sam. But how cool would it be if if our guy Henry Wynn comes home with a national championship? No, I, I I know I'm I, I'm obviously a huge Sam guy, so I'm I'm being a little S and P five hundred. Yeah, S and P five hundred is my guy, so I was happy to see him get the one. But you know, I I don't think that that's how he wants to to get the championship either. Steve, you say I have mixed emotions. Obviously, I would have loved to see Henry come away with that, but it was it is so clear to me that that is not a DQable violation. I mean, there was really no contact. He got cut off. I mean, people get cut off on races. It was, they called it because of when it happened in the race. But if that happens at any other point in the race, you don't get DQ'd for that. It just happened to be, you know, on that coming into the, to the last stretch. He didn't throw an elbow at him. He didn't really, there was really no, like, there was no arm extent. There was nothing except for getting cut off. It's it's like the um you know, they say uh it kind of reminds me of the the holding call in the 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 Super Bowl, right? It's like yeah. If that's a a hold, it's a hold across the board. And people were saying like, "Well, you you just can't call that in that moment." It's like, "Well, whether it happens in the first quarter or there happens in the last 45 seconds it's either a hold or it's not a hold and in my opinion if that happens any other point in the race we're not even talking about a dq we're not even thinking about a dq if that happens in the first 400 meters then it's just the way the race is unfolding i it's crazy that you can call that uh i had to watch it like four times and every time i watch it i'm like 
I still, I feel like I'm missing something. Show me a different angle. Like show me super slow motion. Like what am I missing here? There's nothing. There was absolutely nothing. It's a terrible call. It, yeah. I want to know who it came from. I want it. I can't. I don't. I don't think Danny Mackey would have protested that. I don't know. Maybe he did. It was. It could it have been just straight to track officials. Pro, I don't know. I but don't like, know. what would Danny have to gain from protesting that? Henry finishes in second instead of third. And then maybe make the case that Henry should have been able to win that. Right, but like. Yeah, and that's just, that's why I think that's why I think he didn't protest it because it'd be, it'd be pretty funny if it came from Sam's camp. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but yeah, that if if Henry would have won, I could see the case for Danny yeah. protesting it. But then, you know, then the crazy thing is like, you think back to um, I think it was two thousand thirteen. Uh, women's three quick three K I think it was indoor national championship um with Gabe Grunwald rest in peace. Oh yes. um where she got DQ'd for cutting off uh Jordan Hase, I think. Was it? I think I don't, uh, it was. I don't know, but it was something very similar. And she ended up getting DQ'd and then getting it back after the fact. Um yeah so anyways it was a bad call. It, it it's a horrible call. Um, like that. It's weird to say because it was a national championship, but like, are you gonna make that call if it's the Olympics? If it's a world championship? Yeah. And yeah, yeah, and like I get it, I get it. You, he's definitely impeded, but like I want a world where you have to defend your spot on the track. You know. And there's a line, and I don't know if it was crossed enough. I don't know if that's where I want to set the line. Again, I'm no rules expert, but, like, does impeding somebody and cutting them off, like, is that? Sure. I wanted to DQ. Like, I, there, was, there was just no contact. Like, I, there was. There was. It was like His stride was, complete, was definitely impeded. There was. There's no yeah, doubt but, about that. But that's what I mean. Like strides get chopped all the time know, in races. It happens all the time. Again, going back to my football analogy, it's like if you want to find a holding on the offensive line on any single play, you can, right? Like it happens on every single play. It's just a matter of like, you know, the ones that are egregious, the ones that go overboard, those are the ones that get called. But like, yeah, if you want to call, if that's the rule and you can't impede somebody's stride, then you have to call it in every single, I just, I don't know. It, yeah. It, it's yeah. like the, 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 it didn't, it didn't pass the smell test. Didn't pass like the eye test. Just like you watch it. It didn't look like a DQ. It's not a DQ. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Right. For the most part, I agree with you. So, um, hmm. Don't really have any more notable notes. That's enough. That's enough yeah, running news, good. anyways. They were good. That's enough. Yeah, we talked. Done enough nerdy talk for for one day, anyways. <laughs> um, Mike, I do have a question for you. Have Have you watched a uh, uh, full swing at all on Netflix? 
you know, so I, uh, I have not, but okay. I, uh, you know, as a huge Jordan guy, I was talking to someone about it last week and it sounds like a must watch for me. You so know, yeah, as, as a huge Jordan, I know there's other guys, but I, I think the first episode is Jordan and JT. So I, uh, I need to get into it. I'm sure once I start, I will, I will crush through that. It's an excellent, excellent documentary um, on last year's uh, PGA golf season. And, um, but it's not really necessarily like a chronological um, documentary where they're telling the story of the season. It's way more about the people and in the sport and just kind of like their lives and their emotions around the sport. And so you kind of like, you kind of get to know the athletes a little bit better. And because of it, I'm way more excited for this golf season. And I was watching, and I was like, man, like something like this for, for track and field or running would be huge. Right. It would be, it would be awesome. And I think that they, so they've done it for a couple different sports. I think that, I think this, they started out doing F1 mm-hmm. and then they did tennis and now they're releasing this golf one. Like if there was a track and field one, that could be so cool. And it could be big for the sport because I bet you PGA is going to have a big uptick in, um, in viewership. I, I, I won't say big, but a notable enough where they can trace it back to this Netflix documentary yeah. or Netflix series. Yep. If yeah, it, it got me you thinking, feel- if you yeah. were to pick anybody, if you were to pick some people, to to put on the first season of let's say what are we gonna call it? Because I feel like uh they it's full something on all of them. Full um we'll have to we'll have to come up with something full kick full, or something like full that. Kick, yeah. Full kick full, or uh full stride. Full, full stride. There you go. Full, full stride. stride. There you go. And so let's so if we were to if we were to have a full stride uh like netflix series who would you want to be covered on that wow that's a great question so i i i, I just thought of that before this podcast and i have a couple of different ways and, and there's there's some some episodes where it's a couple people and there's some episodes where it focuses on just one and so i'll start off by saying well the the obvious answer is craig right like that's the obvious everybody right. wants to see craig he's one of the most interesting people in the sport he would be entertaining. He'd be funny. Episode one, Craig Angles, right? Easy. You follow him around. You do the RV thing. You you talk about the mullet. You you know you talk about all of his his high school fans, whatever. So that's that's easy. Episode number one. And then I was thinking, you gotta do, you gotta do. I think it would be fun to do an episode on on athletics right now. I, I was just about because i think that, yeah. that they're one of the more intriguing teams in the sport you have the uh the ollie morgan uh relationship uh you have the uh the joe klecker and his wife sage on the on the same team um alicia's got the uh the 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 wisconsin connection i feel like that would be an awesome you got dathan ritzenheim's the coach yeah um that would, that would be an awesome episode right there that would be incredible and then I was thinking, you got to do an episode with um, with Noah Lyles and Arian Knighton, right? Yep. So you have you know the the most entertaining figure in the sport, and then you have this young up and coming guy who 
they they're learning from each other and they're working together. But at the same time, when they're on the track, they act like they hate each other, which I think would be an awesome dynamic. So you got that. Um, I think you need to do a, uh, a, a, uh, maybe like a, a, there has to be some sort of Ryan Krauser episode. So whether if it's like Ryan yeah. Krauser or Joe Kovac, something like that, um, you got to do some, you know, something there. So can you I think of a, any, any episodes off the top of your head? Yeah. I want it like, cause it, you, you know, you mentioned a lot of like great personalities there, guys that we see a little bit inside and we know that they would be great television. I want somebody who is a bit of a mystery, right? And we get a little bit, you know, you're not going to get, you're not going to get uh, a, I know you're a going ton this. deep in, but you get a little bit. And I want either Centro or I want Galen Rupp. I think like yeah. a Galen Rupp. Well, no, but Galen's one. not competing anymore. So like, yeah, not really. So you got to do Centro. Yeah. Centro again, because like, just dig a little bit beneath like the, again, you're not going to get like a, 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 a a tell all on Matt Centrance, but you might get a little bit more than kind of like the robot we, we we've come to know. Uh, so I'd like to see that one. Um, you got me excited about the, the Noah Lyles and uh, night and one. I think that would be like, that would be incredible. And I honestly, that might have to be episode one because hook people with the sprints and, you know, kind of like the, the, um, what I would say the, Craig is obviously a huge personality, but Noah's got to be the biggest personality in the sport. Like that's that's the one you hook him with. You come with Craig number two, because uh, the people who love Craig will watch it no matter what, and the people who are just came along to watch Noah and they catch a Craig episode, be like, what? What is this guy? Like, you know what I mean? That's like what gets people to stick around. Uh, so I love that idea too. Man, I think Mo. I think that would be a good episode. Yeah. I think she's a pretty interesting personality in the sport. That would be a great one. Um. Do you do then you also that? but then you also have to like mix in so the, one of the genius things about the series is yes you have the biggest names but then you have some some lower tier guys like some some you know some rookies some people that are kind of like floundering in it that that's what really makes it interesting so I'm trying to think like who would be somebody that you know is is a is is not the top tier is a little bit more of a kind of like a you know a, a lower tier that's kind of like fighting to to have a career that i think would be interesting I'm trying to like uh, like maybe like a marathon or like a like a scott smith or like um yeah. somebody in that tier of marathoner yeah yeah um uh who's the um the wacky treadmill guy from Brooks there. Oh, um, he, he like, leads the Boston marathon every single year. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. CJ Albertson. Why am I? Oh my God. Bad. He would be interesting. CJ Albertson would be interesting. Um, Scott Fobble. Scott Fobble. No, no, I don't want my Scott. It'd be terrible. That's <laughs> where we lose everybody. Um, what about um? Hmm, let me think. Yuki, Yuki Kawauchi. <laughs> oh, you know who would be an awesome one? Nel Rojas. Oh, that Nel great. Rojas would be awesome. Yeah, that would. That I agree. That would be awesome. Um, McKenna Myler. Okay. Yep, I, I mean, be another, 
I think we we laid out a pretty good argument for this cast. Yeah. All right. That's a great idea. I'm sure there's a billion right, so, that we missed. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna wake up in the middle of the night and be like, "Ah, I should have said that." Guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, Mike. This was a. This was a. This is a, a. A track heavy episode, but I think it was a good one. So, um, why don't we? Uh, why don't we kick off the bell lab? Mike, what do you got for people on the bell lab? Yeah, I mean, if you didn't think I was gonna at least throw in a little bit of Boston sports, you were wrong. We spared you for most of the episode, but I think it's worth pointing out. Uh, Jason Tatum throwing down 55 in the all-star game uh, was pretty awesome. Seven MVP caliber season. And uh, somebody sent a graphic to me the other day that kind of ranked the, the you know, the, um, the, the top five athletes in Boston right now. And it was Tatum one uh, pasta two. um Devers was on it. Jalen Brown was five. Who was three? Why can't I think of three? Well, doesn't anybody matter. from the Patriots? No. Matthew Judon? No, no. Well, I guess it doesn't matter in this very moment, but um my point is is that I knew that Jason Tatum was like the face of Boston sports right now. But it's like, I guess it fully hadn't processed. It's still yeah. kind of fully processing. It's like weird to think about it. just because like that answer was so easy for so long. Even like the one, two, like Brady or T, like it was just the most obvious thing. It's like, oh my, like just taking a second to like think about what we're witnessing right now with Tatum and just like appreciating how good he really is. Because I mean, he has an MVP case this year. That's crazy, especially in this NBA with so many talented uh, players. The fact that like he has an MVP case is crazy. I get that pasta is a stud on on the best team in the world right now. Like I yeah. get it. Like he's he's on he's on pace. He he's the best player on a team that's on a historical pace. I get that, but it's Tate it's Tatum than Devers right now. I'm sorry. It, it that's just that's just that's how it works. That's Boston. Pasta's number three behind Devers. There's no way Devers isn't 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 right behind Tatum right now. I would I would agree with you except for the fact that um because the Bruins are so good they're like so relevant to, and the Red Sox are so bad right now it's like the 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 uh the level has kind of shifted a little bit where everyone's so focused you, on the Bruins I guarantee you I guarantee you we walk up let's say 20 people in downtown Boston and you say who's Rafael Devers and who's David Postenark I bet you I bet you 15 people know Rafael Devers. I bet you less than 10 know David Pasternak. You think so? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I would agree with you because I'm obviously a baseball guy over a hockey guy. But yeah, it, it's a difficult argument to make, I think, especially with some um, of those hockey guys. Yeah. So on my belt, I want to give a little bit. I want to shed a little light on uh, on on this uh, UMass Lowell story. Uh, UMass Lowell track and field. <laughs> yeah. The uh, what what conference are they in? They're in the, the American East. The, the American East. Yeah, they're American East. So they're. Um, uh, let me double check that. Yeah, they're American East. So the American East uh, Conference champions, and at their conference meet, the five k on um, the five k men, they went. Three 
through 11. They went mm-hmm. three through 11 on the 5K. And this dummy, his, uh, Kevin Barbaro, tweeted, uh, I was a distance coach that took teams to NCAA Division One XE championships. However, I always made sure I had an actual track team. This is not a track team. This is not a track and field team. This is an XE team on the track. And so he tweeted this. And then UMass ends up going and winning the conference championship with, you know, their, their stud track and field athletes. They just happen to have one of the deepest distance fields, you know, around and making this guy look like a huge dummy. So that was awesome. Um, but this, uh, this UMass little team, it's, it's pretty cool because to go to have that kind of depth, I mean, these times are they're you know, so three through three through 11, all under 15 minutes. If you're, it's just, it's a team filled with grinders that work hard. They they obviously have like a real, you know, team feeling. It's one of those schools that's turning into, it's turning into one of those schools where if you're an athlete, that's a grinder, that's willing to work hard and you probably haven't reached your potential in high school and you think you have a lot of growing left to do, but you want to be surrounded by like a group of really great athletes and, and a and great coach. UMass Lowell is turning into like the grinder program. And it's pretty cool to see that happening. So kudos to UMass Lowell. I know we have a, we have a, a, a good amount of uh, UMass Lowell alumni that listen to this podcast. And um, I, I know that there's a, there's a few people on the team right now that listen to the podcast. So I did want to give them a shout out. So congratulations on that, Mike. I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Josie. Josie's on the vacation highway. Look around and talk it over.